The following is a presentation from the Recycling Council of Alberta's 2020 webinar series, Advancing a Circular Economy, Policy Changes Across Canada. The RCA would like to thank our supporters for making this webinar possible, including the partner for this session, the Recycling Council of British Columbia, Platinum Sponsor, the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation, and the sponsor of this session, Retrack Connect transforming the way government agencies manage and measure their waste and recycling programs. To learn more about their software, visit retrack.com, re-trac.com. In this segment, Marie Dussault with the Quebec Environment and Fight Against Climate Change Department talks about Quebec's latest advancements to its waste management regulations. Okay, thank you very much. Um... So, am I controlling the screen right now? Okay, hello everybody. Um, my presentation will be slightly different from Mark's and Peter's, and I'm sorry I didn't hear the other ones as I was uh, the Parliamentary Commission, but um, uh, I will not be going into too much detail of every measure that I will be presenting. I will be mostly doing an overview of highlight measures that Quebec is supporting right now to uh, um, increase uh, of waste management and diversion from disposal. But if you do have specific questions at the end, I'll be glad to uh, address them as much as possible. So uh, my presentation will uh, quickly go over the global targets that we have. Uh, we'll talk about extended producer responsibility. Uh, we'll talk about the new our new strategy that uh, concerns uh, recovery of organic materials. Uh, a quick word on our uh, strategy on plastic waste reduction or our future strategy, I should say, and also a few words on uh, developing criteria for energy from waste. Um, so to, to start, in Quebec, we have a, a, a non-dated uh, waste management policy, which is accompanied by five-year action plans, and the current action plan is dated 2019-2024. Uh, just to give you a little uh, uh, history, historical view of things anyway, uh, our pre previous global target was um, the one for 2015, and it... Uh, uh, was to bring under 700 kilograms per capita the quality of waste we were sending to disposal. And as you see the other data that's presented on this slide, you can see that for most of the years uh, since 2015, we've, uh, we've succeeded in, in uh, staying under the 700 kilogram per capita, except in 2017, uh, which I must say was a year where we uh, went through uh, many major floods and other natural catastrophes that generated a lot of waste, uh, which is the main explanation here. Uh, and over that period of time, also, we had a, uh, an increase in population of about 2.3%. Um, having said that, uh, the new action plan sets a new global target uh, for 2023, which is to reduce our, our amount of waste going to disposal under 525 kilogram per capita. Of course, we have other sectorial targets, but I won't be covering them all today. So let's talk about extended producer responsibility for a while. So in Quebec, we have an umbrella regulation, which was enacted in 2011 for extended producer responsibility. Currently, currently this regulation covers uh, six product categories, which are used paint and paint containers, which was carried over from the 2001 regulation. Uh, used oil or containers and filters, which is also carried over from a previous regulation dating back to 2005, to which we've added antifreeze and their co containers. 
And then in 2011, we introduced electronics, batteries, single use and rechargeables, uh, mercury lamps, and the latest addition was in December 2019 with the category of large appliances and air conditioners, uh, for which a program is expected to roll out in the coming months uh, in 2021, actually. Um, we are still reviewing our uh, APR umbrella regulation. Uh, we are also reviewing not only to add new categories, but to have uh, uh, to, 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 to um, have a, a closer look on different issues related to online sales, uh, products, targeted products that are sold as components of non-designated products, uh, the issue of parallel recovery networks that um, of course, impair the ability of official programs to achieve their targets. Uh, we're also looking at adjustments to those targets and penalties and for new eco-design incentives. And we are reviewing some of the reporting requirements, uh, including for auditing requirements. Uh, but we will also be considering adding new product categories and those under consideration right now are ag plastics and products, such as pesticide, fertilizers, medication for animals. Uh, gypsum panels, roofing materials, single-use pressurized fuel containers to test for propane and butane, um, electric vehicle batteries, and pharmaceuticals. And the expected timeline for this uh, review to be completed is we hope to be able to post a draft regulation uh, either by the end of 2020 or very early in the winter of 2021 for a 45-day consultation period. And uh, we hope to enact this uh, regulation by spring or summer of 2021. Still in the EPR uh, area, we had uh, quite an important announcement last winter, actually a double announcement, announcement of two major reforms. So the first announcement, announcement was regarding the enlargement of our current deposit return system, which currently only applies to single use beer and soft drink containers. The, uh, the uh, refillable being under a private uh, recovery scheme. So uh, we, the, the government announced that it will be enlarging to all beverage containers of two liters and last. And this um, uh, system will uh, in the future be developed and managed under an EPR approach by producers. Uh, and the other announcement was the uh, reform as well of the uh, printed paper and, and packaging municipal curbside programs and the current compensation regime we have in Quebec, which actually reimburses 97.6% uh, of the municipal costs in average. Uh, and that would be also done under an EPR scheme. So it would be a full EPR approach for the uh, uh, PPP. However, uh, following a recommendation from a multi-stakeholder group to the ministry, minister in the fall of 2019, this full EPR approach would be combined with uh, the development of partnership agreements with municipalities for proximity services such as collection and transportation and out, outreach with the population. Of course, the sorting, conditioning, marketing of materials and financing of the entire system would rest with producers. So we are very busy right now with the very ambitious timeline. Uh, actually, last month, uh, on, yeah, last month in September, we introduced a Bill 65, uh, which is uh, amending our Environment Quality Act to empower government to actually move forward with APR for deposit return and for blue box. And uh, one of the empowerment uh, that is provided in this bill is to make sure that each system will be managed by a unique designated producer responsibility organization. 
So the expected timeline uh, is posting a draft regulation by next spring summer and to enact regulation by the end of fall 2021, which would mean that deposit return system under an EPR with uh, 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 covering all beverage containers uh, should roll out uh, by the beginning of 2023. We give them a year in between the enactment of the regulation and the rollout to actually you know, get the, the PRO designated and, and, and develop whatever needs to be developed to move forward. And for the printed paper and packaging system, the transition from the current municipal contracts to EPR partnership schemes is expected to begin in the first part of 2022. So that was a little part of my presentation on EPR. And now I'll move on with uh, uh, elements uh, that fall from our new strategy on the recovery of organic materials, which was uh, uh, disclosed last July. So by organic materials, we talk about uh, food waste, yard waste, biosolids and sludges, construction wood and paper and cardboard that make up about 60% of the 5.8 million tons of waste going to landfill each year in Quebec. And uh, also the disposal of organic waste accounts for the fifth most important sectors in terms of GHG emissions, which is about 6% of our emissions. Uh, so this strategy is, is quite a, a central piece of what's gonna be happening in Quebec. Um, we have targets set, uh, to establish organic waste management in all municipalities by 2025, to also establish organic waste management in the ICI sector as well by 2025, and to recover 70% of all organic waste in 2030, which would mean a reduction of GHG emissions from landfills of 270,000 CO2 equivalent tons in 2030. Uh, the strategy covers a lot of action, so I'm only going to give you the major highlights. Uh, um, one is the uh, review of our current disposal levies. We have disposal levies in Quebec since 2006. At initiation, they were set at $10 per ton, uh, with an incre annual increase based on the cost of living uh, index. And uh, we've introduced additional levies in 2010, uh, adding another $9.50 per ton, which makes the current disposal, total disposal levies uh, on this, uh, at $23.51 per ton. So this new strategy announces that we will increase uh, the disposal levies to $30 per ton and have an annual increase uh, fixed at $2 per ton and also announces that we will introduce new levies that will be applicable to waste used as cover material or road material in landfills, which will be set at one third of the value of the uh, regular disposal levies. So it will start at a $10 per ton um, uh, amount. Uh, of course, this uh, is meant to make disposal less attractive and foster diversion, but it also meant to bring in revenue so we can provide funding for a variety of activities to support waste reduction and recovery, which we already do, by the way. Um, so one of those uh, uh, measure uh, is the redistribution program to municipalities. So we've been doing that since 2006. And on an average, we've been uh, distributing $79 million per year to municipalities to help them implement their regional waste management plans, which are required by the Environment Quality Act. And to date, we've given out about $880 million. Right now, the amounts calculated that go to each municipality is based on a mixed approach of uh, uh, performance uh, uh, 
criteria of diversion, the quantity of waste diverted from uh, disposal, as well as a per capita basis. But uh, the strategy provides that in the near future, uh, to receive money from this program, a municipality will only be eligible if she is uh, she has implemented a collection service for food and yard waste. And also the amount to be distributed will be set solely on a diversion from disposal performance criteria. Another important measure is the composting and anaerobic digestion infrastructure program. This program started in 2010 and it aims at ensuring appropriate infrastructure and capacity to treat those organic uh, materials in the province. Uh, so with an initial, initial budget of $554 million, this new strategy and the new levels will allow us to add over $300 million to this program and have a focus uh, a bit more concentrated on the ICI sector, which right now only recovers about 5% of the organic waste. Uh, so just to give you an idea of how this program is important, uh, we currently have 11 projects in operation, so eight composting platforms and three anaerobic digesters for a capacity of three over 300,000 tons per year. And we have eight approved projects that are either still in the planning or building stage. And we have 20 other eligible projects, which means that we've already analyzed the, their intention, which is compliant with the program, and we are expecting uh, additional information to actually proceed with the approval. So overall, we have 39 projects, a mixture of, uh, of, of composting platforms and anaerobic digesters with a total capacity over a million tons per year uh, for an investment of uh, $366 million. So uh, there is still room to move in here with both uh, uh, amount, important amounts of money left over and many more projects to come. Uh, we also have a smaller program for small communities, less populated areas and indigenous communities, which is the, the domestic and backyard, uh, I should have written this community and backyard composting program, not domestic and backyard, which is about the same, but it's community and backyard composting. Uh, we have so far 22 projects that have been financed for over a thousand tons capacity with an investment of $650,000. And there's a big budget of $7 million here. So there's still room to move here as well. Uh, in bulk, uh, other highlights from this organic materials strategy. Uh, uh, some measures are financial, others are, are regulatory. So uh, there will be a program set up to help municipalities acquire collection equipment for organics and also for uh, the development of a, a better uh, optimized uh, network of eco centers, as well as a development of be best practices for those eco centers with a view to uh, better practices in terms of wood recovery. Uh, we'll also be uh, developing regulation to uh, make it mandatory for the ICI sector or some sectors of the ICI sectors to actually recover their organics waste and also to ensure that um, organic waste will be collected gradually for multi-dwelling uh, apartment buildings, for example. Uh, there's also some money uh, available to support the optimization of sorting facilities and processes for printed paper and packaging, which is only going to build, uh, you know, in addition to the uh, APR approach that we are uh, currently developing. And uh, we also have money provided uh, in this strategy to uh, invest in development of standards and markets for compost and digested 
And regarding CRD waste, which often contains a lot of wood, uh, plans are to have a regulation uh, that will um, create specific levies for CRD waste, meaning that if uh, CRD waste goes directly to landfill, it will have to pay those levies. But if it goes to a certified CRD sorting facility first, it will then not have to pay the, the, the levies. So this is, of course, to increase the uh, recovery of uh, certain CRD materials and wood being one of them. There's not much to say on, on plastic, actually, just to say that our action plan provides for us to develop such a strategy. We're currently working on it. The next steps include a province-wide study on plastic production, generation, recovery, and waste. Uh, we'll probably first focus on measures targeting uh, uh, packaging and single-use items and identify future priorities for more uh, durable plastics. And finally, for um, energy from waste, just to... Um, my slides are not moving. Okay, just to... Uh, tell you that our Environment Quality Act provides for thermal destruction of waste to qualify as energy from waste only if it meets regulatory criteria, which are currently under development. The Act also provides that this criteria has to take into consideration the positive energy balance, the required minimal energy efficiency, and the contribution to a reduction of GHGs. And other criteria could include that it only applies to source-separated materials or materials generated by the sorting process and also a demonstration that uh, all the forms of recovery or recycling in line with the hierarchy is reasonably available. So if they do uh, meet the criteria, then they will not have to pay the disposal limits. Thank you for listening to this 2020 webinar series podcast. Search for On the Cusp, Alberta's circular podcast on iTunes and Google Play for more from the RCA or visit recycle.ab.ca to see the full presentations.